Hey, what's good, y'all? It's C. Will, and this is the Passive Income Network. On this podcast, we talk about creating assets that produce passive income. Make sure y'all hit that like button, subscribe, and then leave a comment and say what's good. On this episode, we have a special podcast feature. We have the founder of Learn to Franchise, which is learn the right way to invest in franchises. We have Matt Friendaway, Friendaway, your franchise consultant. Let's bring him in. Hey, Matt. Oh, got my room background up. All right, there we go. But yeah, how you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Most definitely. Yeah, this this would be good. So if you want to kind of, we'll start this off with just breaking down who you are, I guess, and where you are at geographically in the world right now. All right. That sounds good. Um, Easy. I am in Park City, Utah. So um, if you don't know where that is, that's right above Salt Lake, about 20 minutes. It's a ski resort town. Um, And that's where I live. live right on a ski slope. Well, it's summer now, but um, in the wintertime, I can just walk out my door and go skiing. Nice. But um, And the title of my job or or what I do is I'm a financial or a, a franchise consultant. So I help people find the right franchises to buy. Okay, nice. So when I think of franchises in, in my local community, I'm looking at 7-Elevens, Wendy's, you know, plaid pantries. Uh, can you break down? Is this what you kind of leaning towards or is it something different? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I do, I don't um, work with many, if at all, um, any food franchises. Um, I do work with many other franchises in, in a lot of other industries. The reason I don't work in the food industry is it's not a bad industry. It's you know obviously really popular, and when people think about franchises, that's what they think. Yeah. But usually, it takes a special kind of person to run a restaurant. Um, you know, it's usually high turnover with employees, um, low low profit margins, and, and high expense. So there's a lot better opportunities with less risk that I help people find. Okay. Can we uh, talk about some of those opportunities? And could you actually put some prices down? Sure. What would it sure. cost to be an entrance in? <laughs> no problem. So let's talk about price real quick. Yep. Um, so there's three to four thousand or three to four thousand franchises in the United States at any given time, and they range, you know, from as little as five thousand to well over a million dollars to to get started in. Um, <clears throat> it seems to me that the the ones that most people are buying right now they range between one hundred and fifty and three hundred and fifty thousand. Um, although I do have some franchises that in the eighty five to one hundred thousand dollar range. Okay. Um, these numbers represent all in numbers. Um, so that, that means paying the franchise fee, um, renting the space, buying the equipment, um, doing your marketing, hiring the employees, um, and then opening your doors and having some working capital or some money to pay the bills until you break even. Okay. Um, so that's what those numbers represent. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, do you have people like, you know, say if I get a few of my buddies or investors together, could, you know, five of us put in, you know, 30K and do you do deals in uh, that type of nature as well? Or what kind of ways that you structure this out? Yeah, I am. Um, I work with people, you know, however they want to put their money together. I work with people that form partnerships, just like you um, said. Okay. I work with just individual owners. I work with a lot of husband wife teams where they're partnering on that. On, on that. So basically you can do anything you want as far as buying a, a franchise. It is a business. Yep. So, um, you know, you can form your, um, your corporation, have the partnership arranged how you want to. Nice, nice. So, I mean, okay, let's go back to your your, your background a little bit. How how does Matt Friendaway even get into franchising, and do you own any franchises? <laughs> so, um, the the quick answer is yes, I do own some franchises. Um, and how did I get started in it? Well, it probably goes back to I'll just give the 
the medium version of the long story. Yep. Um, but I was a financial advisor back in the early 2000s. And, um, and I was out in New York City for some training. Um, and I saw 9-11 happen with my own two eyes. And then I was there for watching. Two, yeah, I watched the towers fall. So crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I was there for three weeks afterwards um, to just watch all the fallout and everything. And um, at the time, I really liked, I still like finances. I like the stock market a lot at the time. I like being able to help people figure out how much money they needed to save, where to put their money in stocks and bonds so they could retire. So it just really helped, like, uh, I really liked helping people. People. But that changed my perspective when 9-11 happened. You know, there's just so much uncertainty. And when it came down to it, I didn't have a whole lot of control over my client's money um, because they're invested in mutual funds and stocks and the money managers had control over I didn't. All I had control over is telling them if they should stay in the market or not. Information, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was a little disenchanting. And so I I switched gears and and moved on from being a financial advisor. I got involved in the real estate uh, market for 14 or 15 years. Um, I went through the, the Great Recession. Um, I had a real estate appraisal business at the time, and, and I made it through, but it was really tough. Tell me about 08, 09? What's that? Tell me about 2008, 2009 time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I made it through that, but it was really, really hard. And the reason it's hard is because the government changed the rules on um, who could do business with appraisers. You know, I used to be able, be able to have uh, one-on relationships with mortgage brokers and stuff, and then the government didn't want that to happen. So I lost my entire client base, had to rebuild that. Um, and I decided I would never be in that situation again where I would be beholden to the government. And so I started looking for business, other business opportunities. And I came across a boxing fitness um, gym. My best friend owned it. We partnered on it. Eventually, we made it into a franchise. So I came into it backwards mm-hmm. as a franchisor. I made it, we built a, um, a nationwide franchise with our boxing business. I sold out of that, became a franchise consultant, but I'm a franchisee and I have a location down in Scottsdale, Arizona for that business. Nice. Well, thank you for that. And congrats, too. I know that's that's a lot. It seems like a lot of different transitions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to stay in the market. It, it does. I think it might fit in with the audience because, you know, a lot of a lot of your folks probably do real estate investing. Um, you know, they probably do some stocks and bonds. Yep. And so, you know, I've been I've been all three sides of the equation, the business side, stocks and bond side and the real estate side. What's your favorite? I'd say franchises um, on the business side is my favorite. That's what I do. Um, but that's my favorite. That's where my passion is. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, uh, what what are the like? I guess the most popular franchises. If I if I was coming to you right now and I don't have any experience with running a business of a, a franchise scale, like what direction would you put put me in, or how would you like you know coach me through the situation? Sure. You know the, the the truth of it is the the best franchise is the one that matches up to a person's personality. Um, their goals and their skill set. So at the end of the day, they're super happy with their business that matches their lifestyle. That's what I help people do. Mm. Um, I help them figure out that by looking at what kind of characteristics they want in a business. Some characteristics would be like, you know, what hours of operation do they want their business to run in? Okay. How many employees do they want to have? Um, what kinds of employees do they want to have? You know, they want to have higher turnover, lower paid employees, more skilled type employees. Um, Things like those are just some simple things, but I help them figure out those characteristics. And then I go out and I match um, three to four franchises um, to them. And then I coach them through the process and investing in those franchises and deciding which one to own. Um, franchises are great for people that have never been in business before. It's kind of a safety net yep. because they don't have to reinvent the wheel. They just follow the franchise system um, and they've proven to be a lot more successful than just opening your own business on your own. Makes sense. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, I had a friend recently, his first business he ever opened wasn't a franchise, but he just bought basically a pre-existing store. And now he runs a corner store. So it was like kind of already set up. He just had to do some updates and things like that. Uh, makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He already had the system um, built for him. And that's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Um, what is a day in the life of Matt like doing <laughs> running this business? Right. So it, you have partners in this business. Can you kind of break down your structure of, you know, what you're doing with your con- consultation or is it kind of just you? And, you know, I just want to know what a day in the life is like. <laughs> So the day in life of uh, Matt Frentaway on the franchise consultant side is, um, you know, I talk to a lot of people, have initial conversations with them for about 15 to 20 minutes. Yep. doesn't cost them any money. My services are free, by the way, so it doesn't cost anybody any money um, while I walk them through it. But I have um, a few initial phone calls with folks to see if we're a good match and to see if franchise is a good, good way for them to go. Yep. Um, and then I will have usually one consultation a day with a candidate. It's usually a two-hour uh, meeting where I, that's where we figure out those characteristics. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then I spend about two or three hours putting together um, models or the franchises that match my candidates um, each day. And then I have some coaching appointments for the people that are going through the investigation process. And I'm coaching them through to consider things they should when they're investigating the franchise. Um, that's really a day in the life of Matt. It's, pretty, it's just me. But I do, um, I do belong to um, a brokerage, for lack of a better word. The name of the brokerage is called Franchise, and so there's you know there's probably eighty to hundred consultants out there just like me doing the same thing every day. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, so it's like you are educating people, and you are probably, I would guess, making money through the brokerage rather than the person that you're kind of dealing with. Is it that type of situation? Yeah. So if kind of compare me to a real estate agent um, okay. in the franchise world. So if a real estate agent will help a buyer go find a house. You know, the buyer tells them how many bedrooms and bathrooms they want and how big they want the house to be and where they want it to be located. Those are the characteristics of a piece of real estate. You know, we talked about characteristics of a franchise. But yep. um, when when I place a candidate with a franchise, then they pay me a referral fee, just like a realtor gets paid by the seller um, mm. on the back end. So that I do get paid, but my candidates don't pay me. Oh, makes sense. Okay. Well, uh, well what about uh, do you you know, pretty much work online or is it a physical? Is it only U.S.? What are some of your areas or regions that you do work out of? Just so in case. Work, you know, yeah, you know. That's a good question. Yep. <laughs> so it's all online. I love Zoom. Um, that's what COVID brought to the table with Zoom. Um, better than phone calls. You know, I can see people's facial expressions. They can see me. Um, so most of my meetings are through Zoom and I do it nationwide, um, just in the United States. Okay. No, no international. Okay. That's good. Yeah. 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 I, I got people on this channel, you know, all around the world. So it's like, you know, a good, uh, good mixture of globalness in there, half us, half like around the world. So I'm always curious where people's operating at. Um, yeah, yeah well, let, let's talk a little bit more entrepreneurship. Like I got guys that are trying to scale up their small businesses and, um, Without a lot of money. Let, let's yeah. put that framework there. Like, do you have some tips or advice of what, how you would scale up if you had to, you know, be in that situation? Oh, absolutely. I've been in that situation before where I've had to scale yeah. my own business or businesses. Um, so, yes, I do have some advice. So recognize there's two different ways to own a business. Um, there's the owner operator model. And that's where the owner is, you know, they basically have, own their own job. They're working 30 to 40 hours a week, maybe more in their business, running the operations day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is they, they own their business. 
Um, they do have some freedom, but they don't have total freedom. They can't just walk away for a couple of weeks usually, no. or else things will fall apart. So yeah. that's how um, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So they kind of own their own job, which is great than just you know pay, working for somebody. Um, the next level up is being a semi-absentee owner. Some people call it being an executive owner, but what that entails is that's only working part time on your business, probably five to fifteen hours a week, because you hire a manager to run the business for you. Um, and so then you're just managing the manager to make sure they're doing a good job. Making sure the manager is managing the business. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, that would, as far as scaling up, I would say, um, the first thing you want to do, if you want to have the free time and be a semi absentee owner is find a manager that can run the day to day operations and run your, your staff for you and, and things like that. That will free up your time. Um, and your stability too. You can walk away for you know a month or so and work from Zoom just like I do with your manager or whatever. So if you want to scale up, that'd probably be the first step. And then another huge step um, that will take some time if you haven't done it already is to, in scaling your operation, is to um, make systems and processes and document it, either with videos or operations manual, so that you can step away and anybody can just step into your position and take over just using those operations manuals and things like that. That makes your business Mm -hmm. a lot more sellable. And a lot more duplicatable, so it's not so reliant on you. Makes sense. Okay, um, that that makes me jump back to the franchising. After they have uh, implemented these things, are you helping people exit these businesses as well, or like what's the timeline of these investors with these franchises? Um, so it just depends on what what the person's objectives are. You know, some people want to have a business um, for the rest of their life and hand it down to their children. Mm. Um, we call that leaving a legacy. That might be somebody's exit strategy, and that's great. Right. Um, another person's exit strategy is they may want to build a business, you know, two to five years, um, get it. Oh, I think we froze profitable and then sell it for a multiple and moving on to business like that. You, you build it up for two to five years and, and then sell it for more than what you want to flip. Yep. And then move on to something else. Um, people do that all the time, too. And then sometimes people just don't know what they want to do. They just need to need want to have a business to replace their income at their job so they can be you know, job free. And then they'll decide once they get to that point on what they want to do, if they're going to keep it um, or hold yeah. it or hold it or, or sell it. So there's a few different next strategies, but those are the most popular ones. Okay. Make, makes sense. Um, can, can I ask you a question? What, what's your state on the markets right now? We got crypto down, uh, tech <laughs> down, everything's down, but real estate. You just want to get yeah. a comment on there. Um, so I, um, I've been through this a lot of times before, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, and, and all those different industries, and I'm seeing it. And you know, really, it, it comes down to what a person's objectives are were when they invested in, in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're on a long-term investment, you know, I'd say hold tight. Um, <laughs> yeah. The markets have always proven to come back. 2008 was probably one of the worst, at least in the t- uh, 21st century, 20, you know, the 2000s. But and it's come back. People have made their money, you know, two or three times over since then. So. Yeah. Don't let the media freak you out. Um, if you, you know, if you put your, if you diversified and you're in for the long term, then I would hold on. Um, and if you're in for the short term, then that's, you know, that depends on up to you how comfortable you are when the market might recover or if it will. Um, okay. So. Yep, exactly how I'm feeling. Like uh, <laughs> I got long term assets, and then I got you know things that I'm you know, trading. And right now I tell my guys, I'm like, this is a shorting market. <laughs> like, yeah. It's definitely going down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we start to slowly close out, 
Can you tell the people where to find you? If they, you know, we got someone that uh, watches this video a month now, you know, next week, and they, and they got 150K, 200,000, they want to start a business. How they get in contact with Matt Friendaway? So the best way is you can email me. It's uh, my email address is Matt. That's Matt with two T's at learntofranchise.com. Um, the word two is actually a number. So learn the number two franchise.com. And then also, I just like to offer your, um, your audience a free ebook that I wrote. Oh, it's nice. called the five proven franchise industries that can make you successful. It's, it'll talk more about what the popular industries are in franchising right now, more than I could on this show. Okay. Uh, and if you just go to, um, www.learntofranchiseebook.com. Just put your name in and that email will be sent with you with that ebook. Um, and that's that Learn to franchise. Oh, got it right here. Perfect. So I'll, I'll put this uh, five irresistible proven franchise opportunities. Perfect. Yep. So I would, uh, when I post this video, I'll put in the link so y'all can go get that. Cool. Any, uh, any other like words of wisdom right now do you want to uh, impart before uh, you hop out? Yeah, I do. Just for your, your, your audience to know that you're all about passive income, which I, yes. I, you know, I love. And I look at it as a three-legged stool. You know, you have your stocks and bonds that can spin off passive income to your cryptocurrency, yep. um, things like that. Then you have real estate that can send you passive income. And then you have the third leg of the stool, which is businesses. Yes. And I obviously yep. special in franchises, but that can send you out passive income too. You get, you get a little bit or a lot of all three of those three-legged stools. You're not really going to care what the economy is going to do because you'll be diversified. Mm. Facts. Yes. Yes. Gotta, uh, you gotta make sure your money is working in more than one way. And I definitely agree with that. Cool. Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, I'm gonna slide you out. Just I'll holler at you right before we uh, leave and I'm gonna do my outro. All right. Thanks for having me. Most definitely. Hey y'all. So, uh, another one, another great, uh, person on here to educate us and, this is the first time we had someone talking about franchises. So pay attention to what he's saying. We're going to put the link of the ebook so you can educate yourself. Always educate, educate before we make our moves. And that's what we're going to do. So I'm happy to have Matt on the show. Remember, learn to franchise.com uh, ebook. So look for that link in the bio. And again, y'all, until the next one, see you will with the Passive Income Network. I am Passive income, passive income Gold in my dental, thank God for my mental Investor fundamentals, told my girl it was simple We getting all this money to purchase rentals and get passive income Passive income, passive income Gold in my dental, thank God for my mental Investor fundamentals, told my girl it was simple We getting all this money to purchase rentals and get